Shalom to all. Today's office is Pesachim Mem Vav. We are starting Mem Helmet Bays, four lines up from the bottom at the two dots. Today's office is sponsored by Eloi Nishmas, Rabbi Aaron Ben Rabbi Yisrael. His Neshama should have an aliyah, and he should be a Melitz for his family and for all of Klai Yisrael. Now, the Mishnah taught us halacha about dolan a mixing bowl used to seal a crack. There was a difference if it was more or less than a kazais. And the second part of the Mishnah said, V'chein le'inyan toma, so too in regards to toma. Imak bed olav chatzitz, if he's mak but he's particular about it being there, so then it's a chatzitz of imrats bekuma. If he wants it to be there, areu karevo, so then it's just like the bowl. And now the Gemara asks, me dummy, is it comparable? Hasam over there, meaning in the first part of the Mishnah, bishiru talimel, so everything has to do with the shear, the size. Is it a kazayas or not a kazayas? Hach over here in regards to toma bekpei the talimel, so everything has to do with whether or not he's makbed. Does he care or does he not care that this thing is here? So how could we say v'chein le'inyan toma? The same thing applies to toma. Amrav Yehuda, he tries to answer ema ule'inyan. Then in regards to Toma, this is not the halacha. The Toma is actually different than Pesach. He asks, The Mishnah says, Meaning they are comparable. So how could you say that they're not comparable? He gives us the first of three answers that break up the Mishnah and read it a different way than we've read it previously. This is what's really being said. This is going to be the same halacha in regards to the combination or combining Toma on Pesach. And the rest of the year, then there's going to be a difference. Over here does not mean a machlaikas, it means that there's going to be a different halacha in regards to this din. What does that mean? Hey, dummy, what's the case? Kigan, for example, the ikapachas mikabetza there's less than a beta of food inside this bowl, and it touched this dough that was used to seal up the crack. If it touched it on Pesach, then it's Isr's chashiv, meaning we focus on the size of the chametz on Pesach. That's what matters to us. Metzdar, if these two things, meaning the food and the dough in the bowl, are going to combine, and that's going to be the proper shear, and they're going to be able to transmit to Eichlin. But the rest of the year, the big pay the time also that everything has to do with whether or not he's makbed, whether or not he cares. So in makbed, all of mitzdarf. If he's makbed and he does not want this dough over here, even if it's less than a kazais, it's going to create siruf. That's because he doesn't want it here. So therefore, it's not really like it's part of the bowl and it's going to combine to this food inside the bowl. However, if he wants this dough here, kareva. So then it's just like the bowl. So how do we understand the Mishnah now? How can we read it? Let's take a look at the Mishnah Mem Halman Aleph. kareva If there's kazais in one place, he has to get rid of it for Pesach. If not, bottle muta, it's bottle. And here's the important part. This is the way that we're reading the Mishnah, which is different than the way we previously read it. The same thing applies to Toma and Pesach. If we want to combine this dough with other food in the bowl for a shear Toma, then we follow the shear of a Kazayas. However, continues the Mishnah, in regards to the rest of the year, it's different. The rest of the year, if he's makbed about it, then it's chatzitza, and if not, not. So we're going to be putting a period right after v'chein le'inyan atoma. V'chein le'inyan atoma is talking about Pesach itself, and then the next part of the Mishnah, imak but all of it is talking about the rest of the year. Back to the Gemara, Moskva Rava, Rava asks Rabbi, Miktani Mitzdarif, does it say anything about Siruf in the Mishnah? Does it say anything about combining the Shir of Toma? Vachetzitz Ketani, it talks about having a Chatzitza, a separation. So why are we talking about Siruf? Alamar Rava, he gives his answer, Vachin Lahalo is Tahar Lareva, we're trying to make this bucket Tahar. Hechidami, what's the case? For example, the Itmi Hachareva, the bucket itself became Tameh, and Ubailet Bule, and we want to put it in the Mikvah, we want to make it Tahar. Bit Pasach, on Pasach, the Isur of that the Isur of Chametz is Chashiv. So therefore, we're focusing on the size of the piece of Chametz here. So then it's going to be a chatzitza if it's larger than a kazayas. And then putting this bowl in the mikvah is not going to help at all because there's a chatzitza there. The rest of the year, if this bowl is tameh and he wants to put it in the mikvah, so everything has to do with whether or not he's makbed if he cares that this piece of dough is here. If he's makbed about it, then it's a chatzitza 
even if it's less than a kazais. But if he wants it there, Hario Kareva, then it's just like the bowl. The mask of Lara Papa, he asks, It doesn't say anything about Tahara, about making this bowl Tahar. It talks about this bowl being Tame, not Tahar. Al Amar Papa, he explains, The same din applies. The Mishnah is telling us a din about making Toma go on to the bowl. Hechidami, what's the case over there? Asheretz touched this piece of dough that's on the bowl. When we're talking about Pesach, that it's Isser's Chashev, we focus on whether or not it's a Kazayis. Then this dough, which is larger than a Kazayis, is considered a Chatzit and that's not going to transmit Toma to the rest of the bowl, because the dough is considered a separate part from the bowl. Therefore, only the dough became Tame and not the bowl. But B'Shayim HaSashan, the rest of the year, the B'Kpeh Tatalia, everything has to do with whether or not he's Makbid, in Makbid all of Chatzit. If he's Makbid on this dough, so then it's going to be a Chatzit, even if it's less than a Kazayis, and then the bowl is not going to be Tame. However, if he wants his dough here, Hareo Kareva, so then it's like the bowl. So we have three different ways of understanding this Mishnah, Abai, Rav, and Rav Papa, and they all punctuate it the same exact way. V'chein le'inyin ha'toma is talking about the first part of the Mishnah, and that's going with this becoming tame or something happening to this bowl on Pesach itself. And then the continuation of the Mishnah, Im Makbarov, has to do with the rest of the year and is not a Pesach-related halacha. And the Mishnah continues. Batzakacheresh, we have deaf dough. What is this? Rashi says that it's dough that's undiscernible whether or not it's become chametz yet, similar to a cheresh that has ears. You just can't tell whether or not it could hear you. The Mishnah says, Im If you have dough similar to this that became chametz, meaning you have dough that was kneaded at the same exact time and that dough became chametz already, then this dough is aser. And the Gemara asks right away, What about if you don't have another dough like this dough, meaning it wasn't kneaded at the same time, so you want to know what the status of this dough is? Amrabavo, she says, he has to wait the amount of time it takes a person to walk from Migdal Nunya to Teveria, and that distance is a mill, which means the amount of time it takes a person to walk a mill, then he could say that this dough is chametz. The Gemara asks, why don't we just say the amount of time it takes to walk a mill? Why do we have to give this whole geographical description of from Migdal Nunya to Teveria? The Gemara answers, Hakamash Man is trying to teach us this year the mill can Migdal Nunya via Teveria. The distance in between Migdal Nunya and Teveria is a mill. And Amr Bavo, Amr Shibin Lakish, we have a similar halacha from Ravo Bashim Rish Lakish. Legabel Ulitfilo Milin for someone that's kneading, for davening, and for washing hands, the distance is four mil. Rashi explains that if someone's kneading another person's dough for payment, and the owner's kalim are tame, so if there's a mikvah within four mil that he could be metar these kalim in, then he has to go to it. And tefila means if someone's traveling and he needs to daven, and there's a shul within four mil, he has to go daven there. And Nitil Sudai means if someone needs to wash his hands before bread, and there's a water source within four mil, so then he has to go there. And Amram Yitzhak, first of all, Evu Amara. Evu was the one that had said had this halacha and not Rabavo. Second of all, Ve'arba Amarba, he said four things about four mil and not three. V'chadaminaihu Ovid, and one of them, meaning the remaining one, was about Ovid, was about tanning hides. Then we have a Mishnah, V'kulan, and all of them. This is referring to certain animal hides that are edible before processing and can therefore become Tamei Tomas Eichlin. She'ibdan, however, he was Me'abedem, meaning he processed them or he tanned them and now they're leather. Or she'hilach b'hen or he walked on them or other people walked on them enough k'day meaning enough time that it takes to process them, to hire and then their tar because they're considered processed leather and they're not food anymore. Chutz adam, except for human skin. What does that mean that someone walks on them k'day avoida, the amount of time it takes to process them? Amrav Evu, Rav Evu says, Amrav Yanai, k'day hiloch arba milin, the amount of time it takes to walk four mil. So we see that it was Rav Evu that said it over and he said another halacha, it wasn't three, it was four. But now commenting on two of the things we mentioned previously, Amrav Yesu Rav Chanino, Laishanu, these were only taught. These are referring to walking four mil to shul or walking four mil to get water for washing for Natil Sudayim. That was only taught El Lafanov. 
that's only if he's walking forward. If he has to walk backwards, he doesn't even have to walk backwards a mill in order to go to Shul, in order to wash his hands. And Amravacha, he says, from there we can learn, he doesn't have to walk backwards a mill, but if it's less than a mill, then he does have to go there. And the Mishnah poses the following question. How can we separate Chala from a Tomei dough on Yantef? Rashi explains that he was preparing to bake Matzah on Pesach. This dough became Tomei before baking it. So the Chala separated isn't fit for eating because it's Tomei. Now he can't separate it and bake it because since it can't be eaten, so it's considered cooking Shalolot and that's Usr. He can't separate it and burn it right away for the same reason. You're not allowed to burn Kachim on Yantef. And he can't leave it till after Yantef because it's going to be Chametz and then he's going to have Chametz on Pesach. So what's he supposed to do with this dough? Rebbe Lezer he says, He shouldn't call it its name until he bakes it. Meaning he shouldn't separate Chala and say this is Chala because then he runs into this issue. He should first bake all of this dough and now all of this matzah doesn't have any Chala taken off of it and then he could take Chala off of it. But Maseir he says, He should separate Chala and just take that piece of Chala, put it in cold water so it's not going to become Chametz. On Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua says, This is not the type of Chametz that we're warned about not having that we're going to be over the din of Bayur Abayi Matzah with it. Now why is this Chametz different? That's because it's not his because it's Chala and it's not the Kayin's yet because he hasn't given it to any specific Kayin. So therefore it's in some sort of no man's land and it's not Asr to have this type of Chametz on Pesach. Therefore what should he do? El Mafrishasa, he separates it and he leaves it out of Erev until the evening meaning until Matzah Yantef and if he became Chametz so it became Chametz and he's not going to be either for having it. And now the Gemara says Let's say the Rebbe Lezer and Rebbe Shua are arguing about Taivas Hana and we're going to explain what Taivas Hana is in a moment but clearly there's a Machlaikas because Rebbe Lezer says we have to do whatever we can to make sure this dough does not become Chametz whereas Rebbe Yeshua doesn't seem to mind if it becomes Chametz. So let's say that their Machlaikas is Taivas Hana. The Rebbe Lezer suffered Taivas Hana Maman. Rebbe Lezer says Taivas Hana is money. Rebbe Yeshua suffered Taivas Hana ain't a Maman. The Taivas Hana is not Maman. Now what does that mean? Taivas Hana is the benefit that you can have from any particular thing. Taivas Hana over here is the benefit that the Yisrael has from his Truma, Maestro, or any of the Matanis are given to the Kaihanim. Now what does that mean, the benefit that he can have? Since the Yisrael can give his Chala to whichever kind he so pleases, so he can even accept money from someone in exchange for giving it to a kind of their choice. That's Taivas Hana. It's some sort of fringe benefit that he can get from that. So we're suggesting, and the Machlekes over here is, whether or not this Taivas Hana that he has is considered like a real financial stake or ownership in this piece, and if so, then he would have to make sure that it doesn't become Chametz, because then it means that he owns Chametz. However, if Taivas Hana is not Mamein, he doesn't really have any financial ownership, he doesn't really have any stake in it, so therefore, there's not a problem if it becomes Chametz. But then the Gemara says, like, no, the Kuli Al Masavri Taivas Hana in Mamein, Taivas Hana is not Mamein. Vahacha Bahail Kemifliki, they're arguing about Hail since. The Rabbi Lezer Savar, he holds. Amrin and Hail, we say, since Ve'ibai Itcha'Allah, since he could do She'ela, meaning he could go to Atam Chacham and he could rescind his original declaration of Chala, that's called She'ela, so then it's considered his Mamein, it's considered like it's his money, and therefore there'd be a problem having it if it's Chametz. Rabbi Shua Savar, he holds Lanamir and Hail. We don't say Hail, that since he could do that, already now it's considered like his Mamein. Itmar, we have a memra, Ha'ai from Yantif Lechel, some of the bakes from Yantif to the weekday. We're talking about that it was after his Yantif Suda, and he had no real reason to make any food because he doesn't need any more food, he doesn't have any more Sudas of Yantif, and he baked on Yantif for the next day, meaning for the day after Yantif. Rechizda Amr, he says, Laika, he gets Malkus for doing that. He wasn't allowed to cook this on Yantif. Rabba Amr, ain't it like He doesn't get Malkus. Rechizda Amr, Laika, he gets Malkus. Lamrin and Hail, we don't say Hail Umiklaile Archem. Since if guests would come to visit him, Chazi so then this food would be fit for him. So even though guests haven't come to visit him yet, 
yet. He's still not over for cooking unnecessarily on Yontif. Rabbi Omar, he says, ain't it like he doesn't get malchus. I mean, in Hoyle, we say since if guests would come to him, it would be usable. So therefore, it's not considered like he cooked shalal tzarich on Yontif. Amr Rabbi Rav Chizda, and now Rabbi asked Rav Chizda, according to you, the Amrit Loyamir in Hoyle, we don't apply this concept of Hoyle. Hech Eifin Yontif to Shabbos. How are you allowed to bake from Yontif to Shabbos? There should be no reason to bake on Yontif to Shabbos. Amr he responded, what do you mean? Mishum Erev Tavshilin. We have Erev Tavshilin. We know that a person has to make a cooked dish and a baked dish before Yontif for Shabbos, and since he already started his Shabbos preparations before Yontif, so he's allowed to continue preparing for Shabbos on Yontif. And that's the reason why he's allowed to cook on Yontif for Shabbos. But Rabbi continues asking him, Because of Erev Tavshilin, we're going to allow him to be over in Isra Dairaisa. Rabbi holds that baking or cooking on Yontif for Shabbos is considered an Isra Dairaisa. So we have Erev Tavshilin, which is this is Dinder Abanon, and that's going to allow us to be over in Isra Dairaisa. That doesn't make sense. Amr he responded, Midairaisa, Tzorcha Shabbos, Nasan Biyontif. Midairaisa, anyway, you're allowed to do Shabbos preparations on Yontif. Rabbanu who the Gazer bake Zera, and Rabbanu made a Gazer, Shema Yemru Eifin Miyontif Afelchel. People might say that you're allowed to bake even from Yontif for a weekday. The Kimat Suchur Rabban, Erev Tavshilin, since Rabbanu required you to have Erev Tavshilin, Isla Ekeira, so now there's a recognition that you're only allowed to bake from Yontif to Shabbos and not from Yontif for a weekday. So therefore, there's no question on the concept of Hail. Eisvei, Rabbi continues asking Rav Chesda, Behemim Sukhenis, a person has an animal which is in danger of dying and he doesn't want it to die without trechting it because then he's going to lose a lot of money. He's not allowed to unless he has enough time to eat at least a kazayas of it, roasted. Roasting is the easiest way to cook it, meaning before yantif ends. And Rabbi learns from this b'raisa, if he's able to eat from it, even if he doesn't need to eat a kazayas of it because he's already eaten. According to me, since if he wants to eat a kazayas of it, he's able to eat it, that's why he's allowed to shecht it, but according to you, Rav Chizda, the Amrit, you say, We don't apply this concept of Hayal. Why is he allowed to shecht it? Just because he has the ability to eat it, that doesn't mean he's going to eat it or that he wants to eat it, and therefore he should not be allowed to shecht it. So this Brysa doesn't make sense according to you, Rav Chizda. Amr Lesser responds, It's because he's going to lose money, and since he's going to lose money, that's why he's allowed to shecht it. So Rabbi asks him, Just because he's going to lose money, we allow him to be over an Isra Daraisa of shechting an animal on Yatif that he doesn't need. Amr Rav Chizda responds, In, yes. Because he's going to end up losing a lot of money if this animal dies without being shechted, he decides in his heart, meaning he truly decides that I'm going to eat a kezayis of this animal. And you're not able to eat a kezayis without shechting it, and that's why he's allowed to shecht it. But this b'risa has nothing to do with the din of hayl. Rabbi asks two questions on Rav Chizda's shita. The Rav Chizda does not hold of the din of hayl. He's successfully defended himself. We're going to pause here for the day and pick up from this discussion tomorrow. Everyone should have a wonderful day.